Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We have completed our examination of the book of Daniel, and I hope that that just sort of whetted your appetite for spending the balance of your time on earth in examining the truths that we found therein, right? Daniel is the foundational book for understanding things that will happen in the end times. You really can't understand Revelation if you don't understand Daniel. You can't understand uh, First, Second Thessalonians, Jesus' Olivet Discourse, these various things. You really can't understand them if you have not spent time in Daniel. So I thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I want to press on now to a really sort of a topical thing. This may be two or three, four or five episodes. I'm not sure how long it is. But I want us to look at a couple of scripture passages related to some things that are happening currently in our world. Uh, at the time of our gathering together right now, at the time of this recording, it is uh, early March in 2020. And all the world is a Twitter with the coronavirus, okay, the coronavirus. And uh, I'm just going to tell you flat out up front, this is a, a thing uh, that is being manipulated by man. Now, not necessarily the virus, okay? We have viruses that come and go. We have influenza viruses. We have all sorts of sicknesses and diseases, okay? So coronavirus has been known for a long time. Uh, human coronavirus. This is human coronavirus number 19, I think, is what the number is on it. It might have been manipulated and genetically manipulated. I don't know. Nobody really knows yet what the truth is. What I'm talking about is the response of man, particularly the response of media. And the way that this is being uh, portrayed, the way that it's being reported, is nearly like, well, this is the end of the world. And when you look at it in, in relationship to uh, things that have happened in the past, it's nowhere near in comparison. Yes, it is always sad when people are sick, when they die, okay? And it is a dangerous disease, but it isn't what's being painted, okay? And I think there's something here for us to see and for us to understand and to us to glean. And let me just tell you what the big picture is, and then we'll get to the Scripture and see how far we can go today in it because it tells a bit of a story related to this. Uh, we as believers are not to act and react in the way that the world does. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 8 and uh, Psalm 91. And so if you want to read that over the next few days and see what it says. And in one of those passages, it says that we're literally not to fear as the world fears. We are not to fear what the world fears. As a matter of fact, our fear is to be of the Lord. We are the fear of the Most High God. Our dread is not to be in situation and circumstance of the day, but is to be the dread of the Lord. Okay, and this is a very good thing, okay? It sounds like, oh, that's bad. No, but it's good. But we get distracted. And honestly, most believers act and react in the same way that the world does. We say that we believe. We say that we trust in the Lord. We say that we abide in Him. We say that we rest in His shelter. But when it comes down to it, we really don't. Now, let's go to Isaiah 8. Maybe we can go through this whole thing today. I'm not sure. The eighth chapter of Isaiah, really interesting chapter. So let me just start reading the first verse. It says this, Then the Lord said to me, so this is Isaiah speaking. Isaiah is saying, The Lord said this to me. And the Lord says this, Take for yourself a large tablet and write on it in ordinary letters 
swift is the booty, speedy is the prey. So he wanted to write down, swift is the booty, speedy is the prey. You're going to find out in the third verse that what that actually is in Hebrew is maharshalah hashbaz. And you go, what in the world is that? What's being said here? Well, we're about to see. Verse 2, Isaiah continues, And I will take to myself faithful witnesses for testimony, Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of the Jeberachiah. <clears throat> so God is saying, hey, I'm going to have two people that will testify what's going on with this, that you're writing down this name. And this is a name, Maharshalah Hashbaz, and it means swift is the booty, speedy is the prey. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Verse 3, so I approached the prophetess, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. So he's saying, hey, my wife and I approached my wife. She conceived. We had a son. I named him. The Lord said, name him Maharshalah Hashbaz. To name him that. Can you imagine being named Swift, Booty, Speedy, Prey? <laughs> well, what you're going to find out later on the passage is, as many times on all these prophets, that Isaiah and his children were signs for the nation and were wonders for the nation. They were pictures of what God was trying to say to his people. Here's what the whole point is in verse 4. God says this, Name him Meher Shalom Hashbash, for before the boy knows how to cry out, my father, my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away before the king of Assyria. So here's what's going on. And this is the reason you need to know what's happening in this whole thing to where we can set the scene. <clears throat> the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, were looking and had cut a deal with the king of Samaria. Rather than inquiring of the Lord, rather than trusting in the Lord, <clears throat> they trusted in the wealth of Damascus. They trusted in Syria. They trusted in a deal they cut with the king. We'll see this a couple of verses later. Uh, Rezin. <clears throat> Rather than seeking the Lord, they sought their ability. And God is saying this, before this boy can cry out, Mama and Daddy, which is what, a year and a half, a year, year and a half, before he can say this, all that wealth of Damascus and all the spoil of Samaria is going to be hauled away by the king of Assyria. Assyria is going to take them over. Verse 5, again, the Lord spoke to me further saying, Inasmuch as these people have rejected the gently flowing rivers of Shaloah, and rejoice in Rezin, the son of Remaliah. <clears throat> now, therefore, behold, the Lord is about to bring on them the strong and abundant waters of the Euphrates, even the king of Assyria and all his glory. And it will rise up over his channels and go over all his banks. <clears throat> then it will sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass through. It will reach even to the neck and the spread of his wings will fill the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. Now, this passage is going somewhere that I'd mentioned before that I want to go, but our time's about up. So do read Isaiah 8. Read the 91st Psalm, and we'll look over in the next several episodes <clears throat> to see what the Lord has to say. But here's what he's got for us today. His people were not resting in him. His people were not inquiring of God. His people were resting in their ability to work out a peace plan with another people. And God says, let me tell you what's going to happen. Before this little baby boy of Isaiah's right here can cry out mama and can cry out daddy, all that wealth, 
of Damascus, all the spoil of Syria, it's going to be hauled away by the king of Assyria. And as a matter of fact, that king of Assyria, he's the one of the rivers, what most translations say, the Euphrates, that king of Assyria, he's going to come and he's going to overflow the northern part of the kingdom. And he's actually going to flow over into the southern part. That's what he says, will sweep on into Judah. That's exactly what happens. Assyria eventually came along and conquered the 10 northern tribes and hauled off the 10 northern tribes into captivity. The two southern tribes that remained, Assyria actually went down into uh, the land and conquered a bunch of land and tried to conquer Jerusalem but was not successful. I believe that was the episode where God sent forth an angel that killed 185,000 of their soldiers one night. But they swept over the land, though they wound up not conquering the land of the southern kingdom, but they did conquer the northern kingdom. God is saying this, why in the world are you putting your faith and your trust in these kings? Why are you, as my people, putting your faith and your trust in what you can see and your ability to handle situations? What does this have to do with all this other stuff? You'll see as we go along, okay? So hang with me here. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.